I don't know if you guys know, but in Zim, there's a saying that says, leave me in peace and not in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the answer that you've just been given is not the answer that you were asking for and therefore you're not willing to accept it. We need to be bonding in peace and we need to also make every effort to get along with each other. If I say, oh, Ira, you look lovely, but that top, everything I said, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So when you then see, but God, oof. I find those people so jarring. You know, online communities as well, when someone pipes up and says, ah, I don't know. Yeah, dead weight, useless. Just, <laughs> <laughs> what am I adding to, what am I bringing to what the table? What are you bringing to the table? Even before we were born, God had already chosen us. Okay, so this is dun, 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 the final episode of the quarter. Ephesians is officially being wrapped up here and it's been wild to me. Yeah, it's been like 13 episodes. This is the 14th now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it feels like... Because usually the quarterly is like 13 episodes, not 14. Yeah. For some reason, I even thought it was 12. I wonder what they was thinking extending it. Wait, is it 13? Because we used to have 13th Sabbath. Maybe it's 12. Do you know what? It doesn't matter. We're I here now. Well, it's basically, it's extended. It feels longer than usual. Yeah. But it also went by really quickly. It did. And I'm actually really thankful because Ephesians is a book that is nice and sweet. Mm -hmm. And I think you could have easily just read through it in a day if in you really day. wanted 100%. to. But I thank God for the opportunity to do a real deep immersion into Ephesians. Oh. Mm. I thought you were going to say deep dive. I was about Ooh. to like chip in. I, I am maybe putting you on the spot here, Michelle. But yes, probably. <laughs> what would you say is the favorite, your key takeaway from Ephesians? Key takeaway was the inheritance. I liked the inheritance that through Christ's death, even though I was a Gentile, and I'll speak about this, I have now inherited eternal life. And I like that. I like oh. that. I have a, it. It gives me a sense of belonging. Oh, I love that. Mm. That is beautiful. I, I've said it before, but I just think I like, I like the whole vibe of Ephesians. the The fact that Paul had written it for a church, and he was trying to give them one props. You know, like credit to you, man, because you're doing your thing. But also. Let me just warn you that you need to do X and you need to do Y and you need to be mindful that, you know, the enemy is going to be trying to attack you. There's a battle to be won here. Mm. Obviously, we covered the battle um, kind of concept last week. But then this um, idea as well that whatever you can think of and ask, God will do exceedingly abundantly more than that mm. is just beautiful promises just spread across Ephesians mm -hmm. and oh sorry go what? on I'm, I think I want to start changing my prayer a little bit just and also Lord if I'm asking beyond <laughs> what you want to give me please please you know of course he'll never keep it away from me but yes <laughs> yeah. please give it to me mm, mm, yeah so probably it's always been my favorite or one of my favorite scriptures, but Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. Now to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power of that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, That was already a prayer in itself, but I was going to also open us up with uh, just a prayer that I think for me, 
it's quite clear that sometimes when we pray, it's not obvious what God is doing or how God is answering us. Mm -hmm. Particularly when we pray something and we've almost given God the solution. God, I'm having this problem. This is what I think I need. Please give it to me. And if he doesn't give us exactly what we asked for, sometimes we think, oh, okay, God, I, God is clearly not listening here. But the problem is it's us that's not listening. Mm. Sometimes the answer that you've just been given is not the answer that you were asking for and therefore you're not willing to accept it. But what I pray for is one, Lord, I pray for an accepting heart. Mm -hmm. I pray for us to be able to see and I pray for us to be all to also be able to have ears that listen to you, Lord. So any one of us that is currently listening, I pray this over you and me, Michelle, of course, and, and our, our listeners. Amen. Love that. So as I said, usually we have either 12 or 13, we'll probably need to check, um, episodes or lessons in a quarter. But this week we've got, well, this quarter we've got 14. But I realized that the 14th one is more of a recap yeah, so that's all we're doing today. We're going to be recapping Ephesians, picking out some gems that we enjoyed the most uh, and sharing and just having a nice chit chat. So I've got Sunday, which is We Are Blessed in Christ, and it focuses on Ephesians 1, of course, uh, of which the top half was discussing how even before we were born, God had already chosen us uh, through our union with Christ, just so we can be holy, just like him. And I think I spoke about this last week as well, about, you know, um, being chosen through Christ or salvation, being a gift through Christ's death. Uh, but when I was thinking about chosen, I'm going to ask you a question, Ira. Were you good at like sports when you were younger? Um, I probably would like to convince myself I was. So did you, <laughs> did you ever have to like be in a group where there's like two team captains and then they start picking people for their yeah, team? Yeah, like rounders or something during yeah. PE. Yep. Were you ever picked first? Probably a few times, yeah. Okay, I was bad at sports, so I was only picked first, well, not even first, maybe second or third. Okay, yeah. Only because probably the person liked me, but I wasn't mm. good at sports. What I am good at, though, is game nights. Like, any board games, um, articulate, anything like that, I, I know that's that's my jam. And I've seen you in action, yep, you are, that yeah. is your jam. Trust me. Um, and so whenever it's like a team picking i know i'm i'm more than likely going to be picked first especially if it's my little sister picking because you know we have that telepathy yeah thing yeah. going but whenever you're picked first it just feels so good you feel important you feel like you matter you feel like yeah this, this person like respects me loves me bigs me up whatever now imagine being picked by god even before you were born like him saying, yep, Ira, yep, I choose you to share in the inheritance of living with me eternally. I think that is amazing. Ooh, yeah. And that's what I cherry picked out of Ephesians 1, where Paul had written the letter to the people in Ephesus, uh, talking about how God had chosen them even before they were born. And I think we also spoke about this last time when we we're talking about inheritance, but I think that comes later on. So I'm not going to try and steal, just in case it's a point that you want to make. But what I've learned is that this gives me such great hope, knowing that I'm already saved, that, that I don't have to qualify for it. You know, a lot of times when you're trying to get into clubs or like memberships or whatever, there's always like either a qualifying period or there's something you need to do in order to qualify. But we have already been qualified through Jesus Christ to gain this salvation. 
Also, another thing that I really liked, if, uh, especially Ephesians 1 that I haven't forgotten, was when Paul was writing this letter and he basically said to pe- to the people in Ephesus that, listen, I don't care what happens to me. I don't care if I'm killed or if I go to prison. I don't care what happens. It's not going to stop me from spreading the gospel, doing, going on my mission. And that's something that stayed with me ever since. Um, being able to change your mind and realize your purpose the purpose that God has given you such that you don't let anything stop you from fulfilling that uh, purpose beautiful amen and I'm taking Monday's lesson which is entitled we are redeemed for community well uh are you part of a community Michelle um yes I'm part of the HR ninjas community what's that you can only, it's a Facebook community. You can only join if you're HR. Do you actually check that stuff out? All the time. Really? Yeah, it's really good. Like if you've got like questions about HR related stuff, like especially because there's like business partners and head of HRs and HR directors in there. Uh, you can literally ask a question and then they help you. If you've got an ER case, that's really difficult. You write it in there and people come in and say, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to be mindful. It is, is so good. And it's so good that sometimes they even give you templates of things that you can use as well in your workplace. Bro. So it's just First of all, kiss. I'm loving the Vim here. You seem so excited to be part of that community. I know. <laughs> I also know that Facebook communities are exclusive. Mm-hmm. I raise my eyebrows because I've never been in a Facebook community. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's because you have to like, kind of the, that piece you were talking about earlier about qualifying. Mm-hmm. You low-key have to qualify to be part of a community on Facebook because some there's an admin that accepts you, yes or no. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to answer <laughs> questions to get into. It's exclusive, guys. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to get into a Facebook community. Mm. But congratulations for being in that community, boy. Big up. Hey, and I can inches. see the excitement. And that's... When we're saying we are redeemed for community, we are called to be part of a community and effective members of community. Mm. We don't want to be disruptive members of the community. Imagine if you were in your HR community and, and you posted something, Michelle, and someone was like, Rav, shut up, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> How disruptive I'll is that? I'm switching. Yeah. What? How yeah. unwelcoming is that, bro? Yeah, definitely. Like, we are not called to be those people. I... I find those mm-hmm. people so jarring. You know, online communities as well, when someone pipes up and says, eh, I don't know. Oh, trust me. Because it's, like, it's keyboard warriors, you can't yeah, really see the person. Keep it to yourself. Mm. In contrary, we are being called to to be what it says here in Ephesians 4, verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Mm. We need to be bonding in peace. And we need to also make every effort to get along with each other, mm. to to build up that unity. And, and you know, we've talked so much about it in Ephesians, um, being part of that one body of Christ. And when we talked about last week, waging peace is thinking about the various different activities that you can conduct and perform in order to attain that peace mm. that isn't just... I think we need to do an, like a better understanding of what, what God's peace is all about. Yeah. Because we have a good grasp of what peace is for us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about, um, I'm protecting my peace. Mm. <laughs> I know what I like as peace. You know, I don't want no drama. Silence. Yeah, sometimes silence. Or peace for me could be just like, you know, my peace could be a face mask and my hair in a nice 
conditioner mask as well and I'm watching a nice movie that might be peace to me but yeah. for uh, you know someone else's peace could be reading a book yeah oh I love reading books oh Sorry. you see yeah and we need to have a better understanding of what God's peace is about because we may have we may fall into this trap of thinking that oh we're making every effort to attain this level of peace mm -hmm. but maybe that's not the level of peace that God is is asking us to strive for but to go even beyond that because let's be real I don't know about you but it's so, it's so easy for me to say let's let's be peaceful Michelle <laughs> right but if you said something mad to me right now <laughs> I don't know if I could remain in peace like I, I feel like I would have to say something back and that's <laughs> do you get me yeah it's more difficult for you to maintain peace when someone's testing you i guess that's where i'm getting to almost yeah. the reason why i'm laughing is because in zim i don't know if you guys know but in zim there's a saying that says leave me in peace and not in pieces <laughs> <laughs> exactly we we're not trying that and it's really interesting because we are introduced here in Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 about um, kind of like what Paul is taking us through, what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And um, in particular, it says here, verse 4, Ephesians 2, verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our tra transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. Right. The way the lesson has introduced us to this, to these passages, is that it picks out, but God. Mm -hmm. And then it says, Ra. Like, those two words has to be the most hope-filled two words ever said amen and known to humankind mm. because anytime someone says but to you anything that they've said before doesn't even count yeah if i say oh ira you look lovely but that top <laughs> everything i said it doesn't matter yeah. so when you then see but god oof. it's powerful but mm. that's exactly where I, my head was at first when i immediately read that i was like um but because mm. like you said whenever you hear but it's, my mind immediately has negative connotations about what that word means. Yeah. But you're right. When we say, but God, it's just like, if you come to me and say, oh man, this person really, you know, said something to disturb me or, you know, hurt me. I'd be like, but God, hmm. it just, it, like you said, it almost dispels anything that anything. was said before that word. And it's just so powerful. Um, and, the thing with Paul and writing this letter, well, if we remember, Ephesians is a letter to a church in Ephesus, right? Yep. Um, he addresses the fact that the recipients of this letter or his audience is, well, these were people that had grim a grim past, you know, an ugly past. When we're saying here that um, they were dead in their transgressions, their trespasses, basically they were dead in sin, right? Remember mm. we covered that. And it... You could say, well, they they were doomed because they was dead in sin. Yeah. What? Well, how? There's no going back from there's, that, that's right? It. Yeah. But, but God, God, love it. I had never really picked that up, and I don't think I would have picked that up had I not read this lesson today. Mm. When I say, but God, and I'm gonna dwell on that and meditate over that um, in the next few days, and and just see 
how much peace it brings me because I believe those two words to bring me peace. So whatever it is I'm dealing with, I'm going to be like, but, but God. God. And I'm, I'm just gonna, going to, yeah, I'm going to see what what happens. Mm, I'm going to adopt that. I love that. Oh, but I actually had a but God t-shirt. Did you? Did yeah. you actually? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I got it from like genetics. Hmm? You know, like, do you remember the lady who did the poem, I Will Wait For You? No. She's an American. She's like people see him. She like she used to hang with like Jackie Hill Perry. They used to talk. I may a lot. know. I probably would yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, I got it from her because I loved it. Cause she said the same thing and I've always kept it. It's it's rusty now. Probably need to make another one. But yes, but God, love that. Uh going into Tuesday's lesson is entitled We Are the Church of the Living God. Now I think I said it when we studied Ephesians three, but anytime I used to read about Gentiles I never put myself in that bracket, and I don't know why. <laughs> I just didn't think it was talking oh, yeah, about me. You just, yeah, you just. I thought think, it was just talking about like mm. other non-believers. Like yeah. I don't know why, because it's not like I'm Jewish. It's like if if you if someone was to say, "Oh, Filipinos, Michelle," you wouldn't class yourself as a Filipino. Yeah, because like that's that's not yeah. me. Yeah, but in here we spoke about the mystery of the gospel, and it highlight Paul highlighted. You know, I think we spoke about it, the amalgamation. Uh, no, amalgamation is the wrong word. But Jews and Gentiles all being one in Christ, which was the mystery of the gospel, that, you know, through Jesus Christ's death, of course, and I think I've already said this, we all became uh, an inheritance to the kingdom. And that's what I learned from uh, that being Tuesday's lesson. But another thing is that it's always been God's plan to save humanity. And I think sometimes there's a lot of things that happen in life that makes us question that. I know, especially growing up, I had so many questions. And I feel whenever you meet someone who doesn't believe in God, they have the same questions. Well, if God exists, then why is there suffering? Or if God exists, why is there this? Why is there that? And no one wants to understand the whole concept of freedom of choice. And, you know, it must be so difficult being God because it's like, it's almost like, especially <laughs> yeah. for non-believers, it's like doomed if he doesn't, doomed if mm, he doesn't. Like, mm. if he forces you to do it, then you're like, well, he didn't give me... He didn't give me a choice. He's just made me do it. And then when he gives you a choice, and of course we know there's consequence to our choices, when those consequences start, serious consequence, when those consequences start happening, <laughs> you're like, well, he must not exist then. Um, so yeah, it must be such a, a, a tough battle that we're having to go through where the devil is continuously trying to um, discredit God. That's basically what he's doing. Um, and he does this by planting seeds of doubt in our hearts. Okay. And that's why I, you know, I like even later on, I think last week's lesson that I was talking about that armor of God, why it's so important to actually put on, it says put on the armor of God on a daily basis. It's not something that we're keeping in our closet. And then when the battle begins, you can then put it on. No, Every single day, you have to tighten up your gut, your your loins, you know, with the belt. You have to put your breastplate. You have to put your helmet. You have to put your your shoes on. You have to have that that sword ready every single time that you get up. Um, and I think I'm jumping a little bit, but that's the point that I was trying to make. That unfortunately, the devil is a big enemy if we're just standing on our own. But when we stand in Christ, we know that we're already victorious. Woo! Thanks, Mish. <laughs> Wednesday's lesson is entitled, I'm back at it with this unity message. Yeah, but, I know, right? Yeah. It's quite repetitive, but maybe there's a reason why it's repetitive because, you know, they say for you to learn something, like you can't you can't read something once and then it sticks. Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be 
banged into you a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. I find that that's just my life. Uh, nothing <laughs> I don't just uh, I don't digest something just once you know I'm someone mm. who needs a little bit of um excuse me what did you say again yeah um uh, this the the day is entitled the unity of faith and it just talks about Ephesians 4 where it calls all of us to be a member of the church essentially mm-hmm. and it basically highlights or it lists seven ones and that's ephesians 4 4 to 6 mm-hmm. where it talks about we must be one body one spirit one hope one lord one faith one baptism one god and father i was thinking right i feel like i'm spitting bars here do you know what i mean <laughs> um I need to drop a beat yeah uh, you should have let's do it again Go no, on, no. Drop a beat. <laughs> um and it reminded me about like some of the scriptures that I feel you've put me on recently, Michelle. And one of them is the beautiful Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." Mm. That's you know unity and and the fact that we have to look out for each other. Mm. If you know, we have to edify ourselves. We have to uplift one another. We shouldn't be dragging each other down like an anchor. Mm. Um, I think me and you are great friends. And when I say that, not just between ourselves, but we're good friends to other people. Mm. Like me and Michelle were open and we say, you know what? Like I had this friend that done this and, you know, I told her to X and do Y and read this and that. Or I just feel like we're always putting people on. Oh, I'm, I feel like I'm gassing, gassing us Trust now. Trust me, I won't be able to get that, out of the room. My head's going to be so big. Lord, yeah, please humble no, us. This isn't what I'm trying to do. It's more just... um kind of recognizing that we hold ourselves accountable for each other yeah but also we recognize our responsibility in showing others love mm. and guiding them in the way that we believe God is calling us to guide them to don't get me wrong I am not a perfect person there are definitely times where I've gassed people in the wrong way but I am maturing growing and, and growing mm-hmm. and I think this is this is what this is what Paul says exactly in Ephesians 4.14, 4, 14, that says, As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. What it's telling us here is essentially, yo, don't be fooled by, by nobody. And also don't go ahead fooling others. Mm. Because when we're talking about this Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. Remember that, well, I I know for a fact, if I'm in a relationship or a friendship, I don't want to be the one that's not iron. Oh man, dead weight. Yeah, dead weight, useless. Just <laughs> <laughs> what am I adding to, what am I bringing to what the table? What are you bringing to the table? What value am I adding here? Mm. I... And you know what? There's nothing worse than feeling not valuable Yeah. in any equation. I, yeah, like personally, based on my experience, anytime I've found myself in a situation where I'm the one not adding value, it's very demoralizing, Yeah. demotivating and almost just like, you don't need me here, bro. Like you don't, you feel like you don't have a purpose, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what I was reminded of when I'm reading 
Ephesians 4, 4. The only thing that I also felt Paul was speaking to me about in Ephesians 4 is within the verses 17 to 24, he basically calls us to turn away from and try to avoid our former ways of being stubborn and have like, I guess, hard hearts. Mm. He wants us to be softened, to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. That's kind of verse 32 within chapter four. And that we need to avoid anger and harsh kind of speeches and and tone of voice to one another. Mm. Um, but instead substitute it with languages that build up and encourage and advocate grace among each other Mm. the question that leaves us with here is what are the ways that we can contribute to the unity of our church both at the local and worldwide levels and why is it important that we do that um it's really funny story i'm i'm gonna go visit my grandma in in california and she says to me she calls me up out of the blue she goes yeah, I'm going to need you to get up at the church and, and do something for me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what exactly? But this is just my typical grandma. She just loves, she just loves getting us on stage, you know. She's you very... showing them this is my grandbaby. Yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah. Um, And I was like, okay, what, what do you want me to do exactly? And she was like, I... I don't know. Um, give give us an update on how things are going in Europe. <laughs> and I oh, was like, so cute, bless her. I was like, oh, what do you mean? She's like, what's going on in in Europe? <laughs> and I was like, to my grandma, yo, I truly don't know what's going on in Europe. You know, in in the Seventh Day Adventist community within Europe, I can speak for maybe what's going on in my church, yeah. and potentially what's going on in my well, of course, in my own life, just about what's going on in my own church. But yo, I can't speak for the whole of <laughs> Europe, let alone England, you know, or my region. Um, and I just found that funny because obviously this is a question that we're being asked here at the end of this lesson. That you know, what are the ways that we can contribute to the unity of the church at a local level, but also worldwide? Mm. I that question was really funny, but also it made me think. Okay, am I not just am I just not doing bigger thinking here? Am I not exerting enough effort to see what's going on? Yeah, or how far I can reach and and take my efforts? You know, sometimes. Mm. I'm too focused on the efforts I can do just in my immediate circle. The person that I see every day, right? Yeah. How can you reach the people that you don't even know? Mm. I have no idea. I don't know about you, Michelle, if you even think about that. Because I don't really think about, oh, how am I going to reach this person in New Zealand, as an example. Um, but what we're being called here within Ephesians 4, but also just riddled throughout the bible is you have power you have god-given power ability resources where you can reach the wider a wider network you can go beyond your local level you can go worldwide i don't know who is reaching who is being reached right now with virtuous Mm. we can see um we can see analytics 
of who's logging in or, you know, where from. So we've seen countries in the Philippines, of course, and in Zimbabwe, of course, because yeah. we've got relatives there for sure. Um, but then I'm seeing Qatar and I'm seeing South Korea. I was like, who is listening to us Who from is there? listening to us over there? And so whoever it is or wherever you are, I just pray that you you hear a word from God. Amen. Not just not just this episode, but beyond it too. Mm, amen. And I wish we could end it on there because it was so beautiful. But we do have one more day, which is Thursday. And Thursday is entitled, We Are Recipients and Givers of Grace. Ooh, big one. I think we, we all appreciate the first half of that. We are recipients. Everyone wants to receive grace from I, Christ. Yep, we all want it. Lord, please give us grace and mercy. We always pray it. But it also says we are also givers of grace. And it actually starts us off, even though it's focused on Ephesians 5, it starts us off in Ephesians 4.32, which says, uh, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, one of the testimonies that I have is that I had a friend who I had stopped talking to. Um, and when we did this particular study, um, I remember I was like, how can I come on this podcast on Virtuous mm. and tell people that, you know, God has forgiven you, so you need to forgive others. Mm. And yet I, in my life, I have someone who I haven't even forgiven. Wow. And I, I remember I was prepping for recording. I think I mentioned it and I had to call him up and be like, listen, funny thing. I don't even remember what happened. I don't even know why <laughs> yeah. I'm angry at you. All I know is I'm supposed to be angry at you. Sometimes that's but the way, you know. Exactly. But I don't want to be angry at you anymore. Like, I want us to be good. So whatever happened, I forgive you. And we're cool now. It's nice. It's actually like sometimes we like to say, oh, I'm going to cut that person out of my life and I won't think about them, etc. But when you reconcile, it's actually it's like a, a heavy cloud or heavy something has just lifted off your shoulders. And I think here on the flip side, it's saying being a giver of grace. I mm. think we live in a world where Giving people grace is not something that is encouraged in nope. the world. It's very mm. much like if somebody does something, cut them off, like let them go. Don't don't let anyone take you for a mug. <laughs> yeah. Literally. But that's not what God is asking for us to do. In fact, he in Ephesians 5 it says, Since you are God's dear children, this is verse one, you must try to be like him. Yeah? Your life must be controlled by love, just as Christ loved us and gave his life. And I think that's, it, it sounds like a challenge to do, but when you focus on Christ and you allow Christ to lead you, you know, you mentioned about seeking Christ first, etc. When Christ becomes a part of your life, these things, you might hesitate initially, but they start to become natural. You now know that I must do it. Why? Because as we always said, we are ambassadors and we're ambassadors for the king. So you're not even showing grace, giving grace to other people means you're being an ineffective ambassador. And so when you then go and talk to people about Christ, no one's going to want to listen to you because mm. like you say all this, but your actions don't even show the love of this person that you're claiming. So I think a lot of times we always say actions speak louder than words. How people see you is much more important than what comes out of your mouth. And that's what I got from Ephesians 5. So just to wrap everything up, just six, like you said, six beautiful chapters. We could have read this in a day. 
But just in case you missed an episode or you didn't manage to catch us on one Friday, I just want to recap this by saying in Ephesians, Paul has portrayed the church in different ways. He's portrayed us as the body of Christ. I think, Ira, you spoke about how we have to be in union with each other. He's spoken to us as God's temple and the importance of, I think we've said this before, that we are God's temple and it's important for us to keep his temple clean. Otherwise, he's not going to want to dwell in you. And then he talks about things like sexual immorality, drunkenness, etc. These are things that that don't allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. He's spoken to us about being the bride or the wife of Christ. And, you know, we had an episode when we spoke about submitting to your husbands um, and also husbands loving your wives like Christ loved the church. Um, And finally, in chapter six, he describes the church as God's army uh, and offers a vigorous call to arms. So it is a passage that offers much benefit and risks understanding. So that's it for Virtuous Quarter 3, Season 2. We really hope you enjoyed. We really hope you learned something. And whatever it is that you have learned, my prayer is that you take it on board and you're able to share it with somebody else. Thank you for joining us and we will see you in Quarter 4.